Friends, as indicated in your order of worship, we are going to share in the reading of our scripture lesson today. It is Psalm 100. You may find it in your hymnal on page 821. I will read the light print. If you will read the bold print, we will sing response one. Josh will play through the response one time, and then the choir will sing, and then we all will join on the first response, and then at the end of our scripture reading, we will all sing together. joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence and sing. Know that the Lord who made us is God. We are the Lord's. We are the people of God, the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks and bless God's name. For the Lord is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's faithfulness Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. One of my favorite things to do on Sunday mornings is to see what people bring with them to church. So you can look to your left and, and to your right and you can learn a lot about a person based on what they have in their hands and what they brought with them to church. Long ago, in a far off time when I was the same age as some of these younger children here, we would bring baseball cards to church and trade them. I tried every now and then to smuggle a soccer ball into worship with me, but that didn't go so well. After a good downpour, we replicated that today, but after a really good downpour, we could go out into the country and find arrowheads, and I would put arrowheads in my front pockets. You were likely to find some big league chew bubble gum in my, my back pocket. Without fail, every spring, while the preacher was preaching, we would bring our yearbooks and our youth group would sit together and we would write each other notes during worship. I, my parents and I, we must have bartered or something every week. What are you going to take? What am I not going to take? What's dangerous? What's distracting? What's going to be noisy? But, but the point was, we were going to church and I usually had something in my hands with me. What do you bring to church with you? each and every week. Some, sometimes people will like to balance their checkbook while the preacher's preaching. <laughs> or as long as it's after the offering, I think that's okay, right? Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes NFL games are live streamed when the preacher talks too long. Sometimes I see people assuming a, a, a posture of contemplative prayer. It looks like this. <laughs> I know you're praying. I appreciate that. I know you're praying. I've seen baby dolls in worship. I've even seen on the first Sunday pretend communion served to those baby dolls. And that means we need to count them in our worship attendance. 
Usually there's a tablet or two floating around. Without fail during exam season, our, our students are maybe looking up a note or two. They've got exams the following, the following day. We've had dads bring their sons straight from the soccer field to make 11 o'clock worship so they could have communion together. And we've had dancers with their hair in the buns, with the bobby pins in the net and the bags over their shoulders. They've come to our early service to be here because their afternoon would be full at one of the theaters. They came in uniforms and they came with dance bags, but they came. When I see someone arrive to one of our services of worship, either this service or our Wednesday night service, and they have a, a walker or cane or wheelchair, it speaks to my soul. And the reason why is because I know how early that family has to get up and how they have to park and, and come up a hill and to navigate uneven terrain to get into one of our doors, to find their way to one of our, our pews. I know that family worked so hard because worship is that important. Some of you bring snacks, and if you do, there's an open chair right here. You can come bring it right here behind me. <laughs> what do you bring to worship? What Psalm 100 asks us about worship and what we bring is a bigger question. What heart accompanies you to worship? What is your work ethic in worship? The word liturgy, liturgia, it means work of the people. So what kind of work ethic do you bring with you to worship? Many of us grew up and, and are growing up, some of us, having heard that when you enter the sanctuary, just shh, keep it down, not a peep, be, be quiet as a, as a church mouse. And I do believe in a penitent heart and a reverent space, but I also must confess to you that the sound of a, of a child in worship is holy. The sound of hymnals being re-racked is holy. The sound of a peppermint or a butterscotch being unwrapped reminds me of my grandparents, and that's holy. Each of these things, they remind us of our humanity. They remind us that we're on a journey together, that we're imperfect, but we're here in worship, where for an hour each and every week something different happens from the remainder of our life. That this time and this space and these sights and these sounds and the flicker of a candle and the smell of a rose, it's different because it's holy. Our psalm says, make some noise, right? Well, yes and no. Make some joyful noise. Doesn't mean you have to be on key, but make some joyful noise because joyful noise is different. Joyful noise lets a person know what's, what's in your heart. And with Yahweh, with God from the psalm, it's always appropriate to turn up the volume just a little bit, especially in worship. This psalm is one of the most recited. It's one of the most memorized throughout the Judeo-Christian story. It's only five verses, but they're so familiar to us. And they're verbs 
are so strong that if we would keep them on our lips as an indication of what's on our heart, oh, we'd have a story to tell to the world. It says this, make some noise, worship, enter, give thanks, praise, and bless. It's like writing a prescription. It's like God has taken a script pad and said, here's your prescription for how to be whole. Here's your prescription to share with the community for how the community can be whole. Because it begins in worship. If we hear these words and we practice these words as a faith community, we enter into or we join this wonderful procession, even with the saints, as we say each week, the communion of saints. Did you know that part of this psalm is engraved or incised at the front archway when you come in on the lectern size? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Our ancestors felt like this Psalm 100 was so important that they would wrap it around us every time we enter into this space and every time that we leave this space. But we're not the only ones who picked up on the importance of, of Psalm 100. Several years ago, this Psalm inspired a familiar tune. Louis Bourgeois wrote it. Do you know what old, the old hundredth is called? Old one hundredth? Have you heard this? Here's how it sounds. Praise God. Old one hundredth was inspired by this psalm. Did you also know that outside of communion and baptisms, that the doxology, the old 100th we sing every week, is the highest and holiest moment of worship each week. And if you listen closely, you can go back and watch our broadcast and pick up on this, or I'll see you next week and you can find it in your order of worship. But each and every week, there's a moment in worship, right after the anthem, when Josh, when Josh begins playing this preamble to the doxology and what it causes us to do, what it is designed to do, the crescendo is there to get us up and to make us rise because we are resurrection people. And what that means, what, what the 100th Psalm and what the doxology does is it, it raises us up from places of comfort, from places of complacency, and it raises our attention to something that's so bigger than anything else we have going on in our lives. So why the rising? Why the getting on up? Because it's Sunday. It's a little Easter. And Jesus is no longer in that tomb. And that's cause to praise God from whom all blessings flow. I think one of the challenges is this, that the world is, is preoccupied with seriousness and with negativity and what Psalm 100 reminds us is not to be preoccupied with that, but to take up an occupation of praising God. It's kind of like this minister I heard about who was preoccupied with thoughts of how he was going to ask the congregation for more money. They were a little bit behind on a, a building project. Their roof was going to cost more than, than what they had anticipated, so he's nervous about it. So the minister goes to the organist and says, all right, I'm in this dilemma. And during the middle of the sermon, I'm, I'm going to ask you to play something, just like I did with Josh. 
I'm going to ask you to play something, and it's going to have to be riveting because I'm going to have to ask the congregation for a little more money. So at the middle of his sermon, he says, I told you all it was $20,000. It's going to be $40,000 more. And so at this time, any of you who can pledge $1,000 or more are invited to stand up. And at that moment, the organist played the Star Spangled Banner, and everybody stood up. So I've tucked that one in my pocket for stewardship time, right? Yeah. Psalm 100. It helps us rise up, but not to pledge money, to pledge ourselves, to make a commitment to each other, and to make a commitment to the kingdom of God, and to make a commitment to our community that no matter how dark, no matter how broken, no matter how ugly, no matter how fragmented, distorted, doubtful, or anxious our lives or world is, there's a rising. We are people of resurrection. Depending on the translation that you read today, you, the Hebrew word can also be shout. Shout to the Lord with joyful noises or make a joyful noise. Shout or make a joyful noise. But the kind of, of shouting made by the church, the kind of noise that we're commanded to make, it's, it's different from the shouting and the noise that we hear every other day of the week. What we hear is the wrong kind of shouting and too much noise. So I think the psalmist had a reading of the community of faith and their human condition saying, there's too much shouting, there's too much noise. Shout to the Lord songs of joy. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. People shout, and noise, it noise pervades. Shouting, however, is of the flesh. Shouting for joy is a sign of the Spirit. Noise is of this world and the kingdoms we create for ourselves. Joyful noise is a sign of God's kingdom in this world. And you know as well as I do that on any day, through any news outlet, we don't have to look very far to see people shouting at each other. In fact, what's supposed to be civil debate on live television turns into shouting. And ratings soar. And we're watching it, meaning we're paying money to watch people shout at each other. Usually that happens the shouting and the noise, a lot of times it happens when we say, I'm right and you're wrong. Take a walk. You can cue the shouting just about every single time. Psalm 100 is a, is a challenge. It's inviting us, it's commanding us to have an alternative sound to the one we hear throughout the week. And so when you come into this glorious sanctuary and you hear the sounds of these bells, and when you hear children's voices, at the early service they said, spiders and lizards praise the Lord. I love that. When you hear the youth singing in multiple harmonies, when Josh raises us up from the organ, it's a sound of worship. It's designed to mimic 
the praise and worship that we will experience in heaven. So Psalm 100 is a challenge, all right. It's a challenge for us to use as a resistance mechanism to all the brokenness in this world. Psalm 100 says there's no more shame. Stop carrying shame around. Because it says in the middle of the psalm, it is we who belong to God. Every person needs a place to belong and to feel like they belong and a story to which they can belong. So Psalm 100 gets us there by reminding us that we we're not made for ourselves. Doxology, the word, means words of praise. It means a verbal communication, a shout, an acclamation of praise. So I, I suppose the best question for us to think about is how, when we leave through these same gates in which we came, are we living doxological lives so that we know we're part of a story together as a faith community and the kingdom of God and not an individualistic way of living. We are not made for ourselves. We are made for community. We are made for each other. We are made to belong to one another. We are gifts from God to one another. And we are to allow ourselves to get caught up in the currents of the right shouting of praise and the right joyful noise because it is a counter narrative to bitterness and enmity and intolerance and rudeness or any of the walls that we put between ourselves. Psalm 100 gives us the sanity that we need. So listen to it again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It's God who has made us and we are his. We are his people, meaning we belong. We are the sheep of his pasture, meaning you belong. <laughs> so enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and bless God's name. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness generation after generation after generation. We are a people who rise. We are a people who rise and who praise through our lips and through our actions, through our head and our hearts and our hands, and with courage. We are a people who rise up because Jesus did. And so we give thanks to God, even in moments where hurricanes and storms ravage our communities. We give thanks to God despite hungerness, hunger and homeliness. We give thanks to God despite cancer and AIDS and anxiety and PTSD. We look death itself in the eye and we make a joyful noise and we grab evil by the neck and we say, Hosanna, because you cancer and death and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and all the ugliness and bitterness that exists, you don't get the final word. So we rise up and we give praise to God. So make a joyful noise this week. The world, beginning in our zip codes, 
They're waiting on the story that you have to tell them. Thanks be to God. Amen.